Coming up next, Pokenet reads The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Booknet. I'm, of course, your humble and eloquent host, Mr. Cooper Cobbs, and joining me today is my very good friend, Mr. Azirieski. Hello. How you doing, sir? I'm pretty good. How about you? Doing good, doing good. <laughs> Seems like we're back in the stage where Isaiah and Tanner refuse to be on the same um, the same episode, but we'll get over yeah. the hump eventually. Don't worry about it, guys. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, a bit of a... Hey. Isaiah's working, Tanner's working. We're making that Everybody's money. Making that moolah. I'm staying at home, retired. It's a nice it's a nice place to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not retired. I am unemployed. <laughs> There's a difference, I think. <laughs> One, you get paid to be at home, the other you don't. And I am definitely not being paid. But <laughs> <laughs> No, that's okay. No. Um by the way, for some reason, I feel like I don't know. Well, I'll say it. My bed broke the other day when I was reading, and wait, yeah, so it was like bed broke. Yes, yes. So it was like ten o'clock at night, right? And I'm leaning back against my bed frame, you know, or and and I'm just leaning back, and I'm you know reading, and it's all fun and and enjoyable. And then all of a sudden, the 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 corner closest to me where I'm sitting, the upper right corner just falls through. Just, like so the the metal bracket basically just tore through the no no the wood that was holding the not sharp bit of the metal bracket just fell through anyway huh. i broke my bed and it's i'm just sleeping on a box spring and mattress right now so it's kind of oh, weird cool. when your head is like you know lower yeah. than your night and it is kind of cool but no i'm kidding it's not fun for reading because you can't read in your bed anymore but. that's true when are you gonna get a new one or fix it i don't know i, th- I think it's broken i think I think I was gonna. I mean, we were kind of eventually gonna get me a new bed frame anyway. Mine's kind of old, mm. so I don't know, but it's yeah, okay. Like still, yeah. All it is is it's a bit harder for old man Cooper to get out of bed in the morning because my legs are closer <laughs> to the old ground. Old man but... Cooper. <laughs> old man Cooper. <laughs> oh man. Oh well. Uh, anything you want to say on a magician, magician's nephew before we move on to Lion the Witch in um, the Wardrobe? You weren't on. Hmm. I think it's a good book i like it uh it's not like my favorite one out of them but it's definitely close like it's it's one of the top books but i wouldn't say it's my favorite book out of all me and me and tanner were discussing if we thought that it was one of the best prequels ever written or you know just yeah i heard generally oh that's right you listen to that as listens to the episode that's right Agreed. well i edit but yes that's right yes how do you feel about that do you, do you like it editing that's that's <laughs> Uh no, we know where you stand on that. Um, <laughs> do you like? Do you think the pre? Do you think that is the best prequel, or do you think that Star Wars is the better? I'm kidding. That's a joke. Uh, uh, probably this. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably say this. Yeah. Yeah. Any other prequels that come close in your mind? Uh, honestly, I can't think of any other prequels, like, like mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. So no. It's true. I mean, would The Hobbit be? It's The Hobbit's not a prequel. Uh, I mean, prequel, it, it came is, out first. technically. It came out first. It's a prelude. It didn't come out. It Fine. Came out first. It came out first. I if, totally if need at, that. <clears throat> if, if you look at books, like it says, um, The Enchanting Prelude too. So, yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, okay. I'm glad we're in agreement, Isaiah. Because yeah, yeah. today, 
good transition here. We're, we're talking about maybe the best kids book, not just the best prequel, but maybe the best kids book of all time. Well, now, I think we stated yeah. last time, it's not going to be like our favorite Narnia book, but I am somewhat enough of a originalist that if you were to ask me, you know, like make your list of top kids books if, and you can only include one Narnia book, I would probably include this one. Probably, yeah. It's like the just most for... known and exactly. all that. Yeah, just tradition's sake, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, maybe one of the other ones might be more fun, but hey, I think this one is going to be... It, it, like, I like Rogue One better than most Star Wars movies, but if you asked me to, like, put a list of movies where you can only keep one, I would put Empire Strikes Back instead of Rogue mm, One, right? Agreed, yeah. And, and that's kind of the same thing here. It's like, yeah, I think that Silver Cheer and, um, might be more fun, but I think that Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, if you have to put it on a list, it comes ahead. And, I mean, seriously, like, I was thinking, like, what other what other mm-hmm. kids' books could match? I mean, you got Charlotte's Web, I think, uh, is another good one. Like, you, you've never read Charlotte's Web, have you, Isaiah? Is that true? I have. Uh, okay. However long ago that was. <laughs> I don't sure, know. It sure. was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Any other any other kids' books, though, that you want to put up here with? Oh, jeez. Uh... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've read I mean, so many like... books that I can't really remember. Like, <laughs> yeah. I I like a lot of books and I've read a ton of books, but like, yeah. there are too many for me to remember. Like a specific one that I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. There. I mean, as I like, I think that as an adult, and, and I hope, when I, hopefully I have kids, I think this will be one of the first books that I read aloud for sure to them. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I think it. But um, anyway, before we get dive into talking about specifically, any like expectations that you brought to this or a specific baggage that you want to talk about i guess kind of summarize what you thought your expectations were going to be kind of based on the episode that we did together a couple times ago um i don't know i would just say my expectations for it were that i, I would like it and that'd be a good book and one of the better ones in the series because it is uh yeah and baggage i mean my baggage is the same for like all of them so like i know my baggage is the same for all what i mean is i already said my baggage basically in the prelude whatever episode that was whatever that one is called the one before we actually started the series yeah we called it prelude yes that i already kind of said my baggage there so gotcha gotcha yeah, yeah. i see so you, you thought it was gonna be one of the better books then it's always one yes. of your favorites as a kid Mm-hmm. yes okay cool 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 yeah, and I have to say that like coming back to this, I expected it to not be one of my favorites, kind of for the reasons that we talked about just a second ago. Like mm-hmm. I knew it's a classic. It's I mean it's awesome. It's an awesome book, but I was expecting it, expecting myself to enjoy the other kind of more fun side books. Uh, I was expecting myself to enjoy those more. But when I read it, I was like, you know what? This is all. I I think that uh, this, I liked it better than Magician's Nephew for whatever reason, hmm. which I was not expecting. So I was kind of pleasantly surprised. At how much I really enjoyed the Lion, the Witch, and um, the Wardrobe. That's pretty cool. And just because of nostalgia, just because yeah, I took it on its own terms, and it is a very good book. So, any other opening thoughts do you like to give? A uh, good book, definitely would recommend it to everyone to read. And you don't need to read the other part, other books, if you don't want to read to. Like this one, you could just read by itself and understand what's happening and get it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Any, uh, anything you want to say about like the writing style of Mr. C.S. Lewis? Uh, he does a great job of uh, world building and describing the world, like just describing everything and making it feel like you're actually there seeing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's about yeah, all I got. Yeah, you're in. 
I mean, there's a reason that this is called Narnia, the Chronicles of Narnia. It's because mm-hmm. Narnia is very important. It's one of the most important characters to the story. I and mean, I think you it's really a place, not a character. Isaiah, I'm being a metaphorical. Well, well, you should have told me that before you did it. <laughs> you mean to warn you every time I use like a, a, yes, a fancy every word single time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. Oh man. The other word the other day I used the word incompetent in front of my sister. Not to describe her. I was about to say <laughs> Just to get it, uh, not to describe her. Um and she didn't know what it meant. So anyway, you're right. I should warn people before I use big words. You should. Um I apologize sincerely. Yeah, come on, Cooper. Sincere means that I really should have done better. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway. Uh wow. Twitter. Yeah, my other thing that's like I said, I really loved it. I I did find the world building to be better. I mean, people like to make fun of. I think me and Tanner talked about this last time. Yeah, the the reality that Father Christmas shows up or Santa Claus essentially, right? I mean, mm-hmm. how do you feel like that's that that detracts from the world building? Like, does it bother you or? Um, I don't think it really bothers me or anything. I don't really see a problem with it. I thought it was just another mm-hmm. part of the story and adds to it and just gives it more depth. Yeah. And my feelings for this, like, I don't, I don't think it really adds or subtracts in any way. I think it's kind of neutral, but I do like the always winter, never Christmas. Mm. Like, I think that perfectly sums up the feeling of Narnia. And so if never Christmas means you have to have Santa Claus show up at some point in the story, then I'm fine with that. You know, I actually like the way here, I'm going to go ahead and read it, uh, how he describes Santa Claus here. This is a paragraph on page 106 of my book. It was a sledge and it was reindeer with bells in their harness. But they were far bigger than the witch's reindeer, and they were not white, but brown. And on the sledge sat a person, whom everyone knew the moment they set eyes on him. He was a huge man in a bright robe, bright as holly berries, with a hood that had fur inside it, and a great white beard that fell like a filmy waterfall over his chest. Everyone knew him, because, although you see people of his sort only in Narnia, you see pictures of them, and hear them talked about even in our world, the world on this side of the wardrobe door. But when you really see them in Narnia, it is rather quite different. Some of the pictures of Father Christmas in our world make him look only funny and jolly. But now that the children actually stood looking at him, they didn't find it quite like that. He was so big and so glad and so real that they all became quite still. They felt very glad, but also solemn. So I like that idea. I like the, the idea that Father Christmas isn't just this commercial icon that's on you know, Coca-Cola glasses, but he's, he's real and adds like weight to who he is. I don't know. That's funny. I like it. Not funny. It's good. I like it. So... Cool. Yeah. By the way, I'm just gonna like have random thoughts, and I'm just gonna spew them into the microphone when they pop into my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a random thought. The line the witch in the wardrobe is an awesome title, and it is. Like, rarely. You, I mean, there are plenty of books we could name right now. They're just the thing and the thing. So, like, Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility, War and Peace. But rarely do you get like a, or even like a, you know, like the king and the queen, or something like that. Like a the thing and the thing. But really, I feel you get a title with the thing, the thing, and the thing, and it's a good title. So the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe is an excellent title. Maybe because it's just so classic at this point, but I really do feel like it's a good title. And uh-huh. so I feel like there have been others. Other book, do you remember that? Have you ever heard of that book? It's like the 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 worm, the fork, and the. Have you heard of that? Hang on. You just say the worm, the fork. It's like Y W R M. Uh, I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to pull it up. Let's see. Oh, The Fork, the Witch, and the Worm. Yep. 
Huh. huh. Anyway, it's like a. I don't think it's as good of a title as the line, the witch in the wardrobe. Maybe because just of what it represents, but I don't know. So, um, the wardrobe though is a just a really cool, really cool thing. Um, I think that like yeah, so there's like a genre of fantasy called portal fantasy where it's you go from one world to another, you go from the ordinary world to the fantastical world, and that's what Narnia kind of falls mm-hmm. into. And the wardrobe is an excellent way to kind of transition people into the other world because I like there are like three or four times when Lucy enters into it, when Edmund does, and then when they all enter into it, he makes a comment. Yes, Lewis does. Like, of course, you know, it's very foolish to close the door when you're in a wardrobe. So they didn't do that. And it's just like a little funny thing. And, you know, you can, you're, you enter into the wardrobe and you feel the coats and the, the fur and you can smell the mothballs and then things like that. I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's been so ingrained to our society, but I really love the wardrobe. It's just a, a thing. And then when Mr. Tumnus like makes fun of it, it's like mm-hmm. from Spare Oom and City of Wardrobe and things like that. I don't know. <laughs> I think yeah. it's fun. Okay, well, I guess really my first big question is people either love the allegory or hate it. Like Tolkien famously hated, like hated Narnia because what a of nerd. I know, right? No. <laughs> um he's not a nerd. He is well, you know what? A nerd. I guess he is. I guess he is. But he's a rich nerd, so I guess yeah, that I don't know. Um, he hated Narnia because of the allegory, because of the direct one-to-one correlation between Aslan and between Jesus and between the stone table and between the cross and between Aslan's death and the death of Jesus and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, so people either love that stuff or they hate it. So where are you on that spectrum, Isaiah? Um, I thought it was fun and... Uh, it was good and creative and just kind of helped move the story along and all that, you know? You know what I'm saying? Move the just, story along in what way? Well, I guess not. I don't know. Not move the story along, but, like, give the story more depth. Uh, how do I say this? Uh, basically, I thought it was a good idea that he did it like that and that he did well with it, and I like it. Okay. And also, it's like my childhood, that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. True. I guess my question is, do you feel like allegory, should it be like more, so Tolkien has, I think actually me and Tanner have talked about this off and on, like Tolkien has allegory, but it's not one-to-one. It's not like this. His allegory is the ring is a symbol for a burden uh, that we all have to bury, the burden of pain, the burden of suffering, the burden of having something mm-hmm. way we have to do, but it's like more complex than just a one-to-one. So mm-hmm. do you like it better when it's kind of like that, where it's more complex when you when there's different levels, or is it just easy to see like, oh, Aslan is Jesus, and I don't know, like how do you how do you? Um, is that hmm. play into your analysis? I mean, I like. Let's see. I kind of I mean, like we both, both like here's the like yeah yeah sense. we like we we both love Narnia and we both like Lord of the Rings, so yes. there's that. But that out of the way, I like. Both styles. I think it just kind of depends on the type of book. Like, since this is supposed to be a more kids' book, then I like it this way, how it is, because it's more for younger audiences and for them to understand it and mm, to that's like a good it. Point. And then Lord of the Rings is supposed to be more of a adult-ish book. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I think there is something to be said. Like, Lewis is writing an enchanting little kids' book. And yep. so that's kind of it's written that way and it's designed that way and it's marketed to those to mm-hmm. those kids. And Lord of the Rings is this is fantasy epic. Like it's this thing where 
everything is serious and you know he's he's gonna have complex themes and stuff going on so that is that is a good argument like lewis is writing for kids and it it can be powerful as we talked about i mean we both agree it's powerful when aslan comes back i think at least and the Mm -hmm. stone table and things like that and sometimes fiction can help you realize that like if i mean i'm sure there are people out there who for whatever reason just when they read the gospels or they read you know the death and resurrection of christ they just they they lose their wonder of it but then like reading something like this can help revive that mm-hmm. you know and yeah. i think that's a good thing mm-hmm. i think that no, i agree this can help us yeah like arouse our wonder like, once again um at what christ has done so there's that too and like we said we both we both like both both kinds if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah. so we both enjoy the complex complexity of Lord of the Rings and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobes, mm-hmm. simple one-to-one yeah, correlation. It just so you're depends right. on it's, it's what kinda... I'm feeling, like what I'm in the mood for at the time and what type of book I want to read. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So mm-hmm. I want to find this part because is it the thought that me and Tanner talked about last time, like Lewis understands the power of words and how like Aslan is such a, um excellent name for him, right? Mm. And there's this part where I'm about to read where Mr. Beaver says the words. I'll actually just go ahead and read it. So, it added in a low whisper, They say Aslan is on the move. Perhaps already landed. And now a various, very curious thing happened. None of the children knew who Aslan was any more than you do. But the moment the beaver had spoken these words, everyone felt quite different. Mm-hmm. Peter, per- uh, where did I go? Oh, perhaps it... Uh, wait, let me just... Okay, perhaps it has something... Oh, what am I am failing. What are you doing, doing, man? Just read the book. Okay, these Shut words, up. everyone felt quite different. Perhaps it has sometimes happened to you in a dream, that someone says something which you don't understand, but in the dream it feels as if it had some enormous meaning, either a terrifying one, which turns the whole dream into a nightmare, or else a lovely meaning, too lovely to put into words, which makes the dream so beautiful that you remember it all your life, and are always wishing you'd get into that dream again. It was like that now. At the name of Aslan, each one of the children felt something jump in its inside. Esmond felt a sensation of mysterious horror. Peter felt suddenly brave and adventurous. Susan felt as if some delicious smell or delightful strain of music had just floated by her. And Lucy got the feeling you have when you wake up in the morning realize it is the beginning of holidays or the beginning of summer. And that's like awesome writing, but then you have to like think, the name Aslan has to communicate all of that. And it does. Mm-hmm. Like, when you hear Aslan, even before you read the paragraph that I just read to you, I think at least some of that, some of those thoughts come into your mind. Like, who is Aslan? I don't know. It sounds, he sounds pretty cool and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. There's just a bunch of things in here that, that does that. He's really good at coming up with, like, catchy things that are deep and have a lot of weight, too. Like, like we talked about earlier, the always winter, never Christmas. Like, that's the... That's not the winter you feel when you've got rosy cheeks and you're in your coat and you're going Christmas shopping. That's the winter when all the crops are dead and there's no hope. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of winter. And then there's the Aslan is on the move, and it fills you with hope, and it fills you with wonder and excitement at what's to come. And then there are things like that. So just all over the book. Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Oh, Excellent. Yeah. Seven lampposts. Well, Aslan is just awesome himself anyway. So you know. True. He's a boss. By the way, I feel like there's a discontinuity. Does Aslan stand up, or is he on four paws? Oh, boy. What? I... Okay, yes. so what book? What kind of book do you have? 
Do you know? Kind of book. Uh, a copy of this. Small one that you read? I don't, I don't know. Okay. I have uh, an illustration in mine. It's when Aslan is talking to the White Witch and they're like trying to negotiate about Edmund. Mm-hmm. He's standing <clears throat> up on his paws, his huh. behind paws, and his, hand, and his front paws are clasped behind his back. I don't remember any pictures in mine, but I also could just not remember them. Okay, that's okay. But yeah, so but then but then later on, like the girls ride on him and things. So I feel I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah. I... In the movies, mm-hmm. he's always in the movies he's always on four or plus. Yeah. Which I think is kind of makes sense personally better. And yeah, he's a lion. He's more noble that way. So yeah. I don't know. Well, it would be kind of weird if a lion just walked around on its hind legs. Yeah. Yeah, but like there aren't fawns in our real world, and there are in Arnia, so. I guess. I don't By the way, know, how do you feel about like he smashes together like all of these myths and puts them in an like the dryads and the naiads and the fawns and the centaurs and things like that? I mean, does it work for you? I feel like it works, yeah, because I mean, if you're gonna do all this crazy magic and stuff like that, world and all that, like, might as well just like not might as well, but I feel like it just fits better if you add more stuff to it too, like not just yeah. Ha- if if you have all those like mystical stuff that you read or hear about bef- like from other things then uh-huh. it just works better together if you have it all there i think yeah i mean i think for both of us this was like our introduction to naiad magic? and dry like we had we yep. not magic oh yes but like the the more mythology stuff behind it like we hadn't read any greek mm-hmm. myths or any fairy fairy tales that had these stuff in it so that is true it makes sense for us i don't know if it would have been different had we encountered the other things first and then returned to Narnia or came to Narnia for the first time after having studied the Greek myths and the mythologies and things like that. But I think it works at least on its own terms for sure. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It works. Anything say and it definitely got white... me interested oh. in that whole mystical, magical world realm yeah. fantasy book thing. Yes. Mystical realm fantasy book thing. Yes, exactly. Yes. Anything you want to say about the um the White Witch? She a scary villain. She, she, she's evil. She she bad. She's evil. She bad. Yep. Yep. Anything else you want to say? But the complex literary character that is uh, the White Witch. She she do bad things. I don't know. I thought she was a good villain. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of was more like my introduction to all this stuff. Yeah. Considering I read it for the first time when I don't even know how young I was. I was young. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I take that back. What am I saying? My introduction to all this like superhero villain type thing and all that was Marvel because I watched Avengers 1 when it came out in theaters and I was like five. But That's right. <clears throat> I guess you would have been like six or seven. You would have been seven. Six. Came out seven. Came out in right? 20... Oh, you're right. You're right. Six. Yes. I forget. I was born in 05. You're born in 06. Because I'm one year older than you. That's a lot. Uh, like a week and a half. Two and a half weeks, not even. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, which is scary. Turning people into stone is, is scary. Edmund, my man. I mean, I related to Edmund. You know, like being a jerk to your kids this time around. Or <laughs> to, to your siblings. <laughs> being a jerk mm-hmm. to your siblings, you know. Really relatable stuff. Yeah, especially when you have younger siblings and younger sisters, especially as me and Isaiah do, you know. So I'm yep. sure Isaiah was convicted and repented and 
went and apologized to his sister Becky after all the terrible things that he had done to her and <clears throat> apologized for not playing totally, Barbie when yeah. they were seven and mm-hmm. apologized yeah, yeah. for mm-hmm. totally. being snarky about stuff like that. Wink, yeah. wink, wink. Yep, wink. Because mm-hmm. totally. I definitely did that. I for sure. I I wept and I cleansed myself of all wrongdoing. Um, Dang, bro. And went and apologized. Yep. And then I entered the magical wardrobe and came to Narnia. So, well, I guess it's gonna be a shorter episode. Do you have anything else to say about Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? A uh, really good book. Yeah. Yep. Good final battle. Once scene. a king or queen in Narnia, always yeah, it does have a good final battle. Once a king or queen in Narnia, always a king or queen in Narnia. I think this is one of those books though where, like, it's just almost perfect. It's firing on all cylinders. The writing is good. The storytelling is good. I don't know. To me, it's it's almost as perfect as a kid's book can get. Like that in Charlotte's Web. So that's my take. But whatever, <laughs> whatever that's worth. It was good. Uh, that's what I yep. got. Cool. cool. Listen, mm-hmm. donor shout outs. If you want a donor shout out, listener, you would go to patreon.com forward slash booking it. The link is yes, in the you description. Would. You would support us for $5 a month or more, and we'll give you a personal shout out here on the show. Yep. And today, I'm going to say the name of our awesome patron, and Isaiah is going to tell us if they would like the lion, the witch, or the wardrobe better. Uh, okay. And then, um, we'll close out. So, cool. Tanner, not Tanner. Tanner is not. What here. are you saying, my guy? Tanner is uh, Edward. Nana. Lion. Fan and Wayla. Wardrobe. Your grandparents, Mike and Sylvia. Oh, lion. Your parents, Mike and Laura. Lion. Your aunt and uncle, Jenny and Sam. Wardrobe. Moses and Zara, your cousins. Uh, let's go with Lion. Anna. Wardrobe. Emily. Wardrobe. Becky. Wardrobe. Lizzie. Lion. Keenan. Lion. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for supporting us. And like I said, if you want to support us, make sure you hit that link and uh, support us because hey if you want us to continue delivering great content to you a great way to do that is to bribe isaiah and tanner from from staying away from their jobs (laughs) and basically paying them to podcast for you yeah it's true i mean it's true our the feeble 412 podcast network budget cannot compete with chick-fil-a coincidentally but that's okay, because it's a labor of love. Ain't that right, Isaiah? And it doesn't take much to record, so we still have time, usually. True. Unless like, you're like Tanner and scheduled to work in the middle of the day like this. Right. Like, dude's working 11 to 5 or something, 10 to 5. Like, bro. What the heck? Couldn't be me. Yeah. Except I'm doing it tomorrow, 10 to 2, but still couldn't be me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we love doing it. It's a labor of love. And really, the whole reason we're supposed to do Narnia was because... It's first off, it's a classic book series, and it's good that we're reviewing it. Secondly, it's supposed to be like you could read two of these in a week, and we could record twice, and then be all caught up, and then we'd have like a week break or something from recording. But no, that, it was not to be. That would be nice. It would be. But we have world. so much other stuff to do. 
True. True, true. Anyway. Yeah. Next time, I think, is going to be... Yes, well, oh, it's nothing. It's going to be the horse and his boy. I was about to say, but you think. What do you mean? Yeah. That's two weeks from now, because next week will be a screening episode, which will be on the hockey movie Miracle. Ooh, that's a good movie. Which will be fun to talk about. It is a good movie. It's a great movie. It's a great sports movie, too. Anyway, we're talking about that overall on the other podcasts. Make sure you check that out next Monday. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Tell your friends. Share on social media. We'll see you next time. Keep on booking it.